Welcome to Guardian Outpost. This is episode number 23. What's up, guys? David here with you. Uh, I want to thank everybody for listening to my podcast last week. I want to thank N64 Josh for uh, coming on in and uh, talking about small streamers, talking about all the great stuff that we talked about last week. Hopefully, you guys got your hands on that book. If you haven't, there's always time to get the book. It's always available uh, whenever you need it. Of course, it's a handy-dandy reference guide for all those that are small streamers and are looking to grow. Uh, the week in Destiny has been pretty interesting, uh, guys. Of course, we know Sparrow Racing is here, and I will get into Sparrow Racing a lot with my guest tonight, Paul Tassie from Forbes. You know I've had him on before. And uh, anytime there's big news or big things happen with Destiny, I like to have Paul on because he always has uh, his pulse on the uh, on the Destiny news. And uh, what? Wait a minute. His finger on the pulse on the Destiny news. That's what I meant to say. And uh, he always knows what's going on. He's always very opinionated, and he writes a lot about Destiny. So we'll definitely get into Sparrow Racing with him. Of course, uh, Destiny December patch 2.1, I guess, was announced this week, was brought down this week, and they had to fix it uh, for the auto rifles. Apparently, the math was incorrect on the auto rifles. They didn't have the, cr- the proper math, so they had to fix it. I think the buff turned out to be uh, 0.3 on... <laughs> On low rate of fire auto rifles uh, and, and other stuff like that. So the auto rifles got a buff. The uh, pulse rifles got their nerf. Uh, so far, still too early to tell. I got a lot of people coming into uh, into my stream uh, already complaining about it because they're not getting as many kills as they did before. But it's real, still too early to tell uh, what the meta is going to be for PvP. So definitely uh, keep your eye on that. And everybody be looking out for that. And let me know. I'll, I'll definitely be uh, you know playing plenty of PvP. Uh, upcoming in the next couple weeks. Of course, going to be doing plenty of Sparrow Racing. And of course, you guys know you can always catch me on my morning streams, twitch.tv slash Guardian Outpost. All right, before we get to Paul Tassie, let's get to Jason and the guys at Webby Up. Hey everyone, Jason from Webby Up here, and I've got your nerd news for the week. If you're still in the market for a $50 discount at Xbox One Bundle this holiday season, you can give a big thank you to Black Friday. Microsoft says its sales of its discounted Xbox One bundles have been so popular they're extending their promotion through December 26. The promotion already underway and even extends to bigger bundles like the limited edition Halo 5 Guardians bundle and the Elite bundle. They'll also be holding a special countdown sale from December 22nd through January 7th. All Microsoft will say, though, about that sale is that it'll be the biggest digital game sale of the year for the Xbox Store. Samurai Jack is returning to Adult Swim. Series creator Gendy Tartakovsky releasing a five-second trailer to make the announcement, and he's going to be leading the project again, which is set to premiere on Toonami, just like the old days. The studio behind the insanely awesome Witcher series says it's going to end up releasing its next new IP earlier than expected. CD Projekt Red is reportedly planning to release Cyberpunk 2077 by the end of 2016. The developer had previously mentioned it was more focused on releasing new content for Witcher 3 for the next few years and that they wouldn't be discussing Cyberpunk until 2017 at the earliest. And The Hunger Games refuses to die as a franchise. Lionsgate says it's exploring the possibility of making prequels based on the popular franchise, saying it will live on and on. The Hunger Games has been a money hoarder for Lionsgate. It's made more than $2.8 billion worldwide at the box office, with $1.3 billion coming from the U.S. alone. And Mortal Kombat reaching new heights with its new slew of downloadable characters. As part of the second combat pack DLC for Mortal Kombat X, Four new fighters were revealed, including Bull Raichou, Leatherface from Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the Xenomorph from Alien, and Triborg, a combination of Cyrax, Sector, and Robot Smoke. The new combat pack will release sometime during the first quarter of 2016, but pricing hasn't been detailed. 
and a lot of people want to be Han Solo. Disney and Lucasfilm apparently auditioning more than 2,500 actors to play the legendary smuggler for the upcoming standalone Han Solo spin-off film. Among the names being included in the audition process are Dave Franco, Aaron Taylor-Johnson, Miles Teller, and Chandler Riggs from The Walking Dead. Let's just hope Anthony Ingruber is among the list of names. Seriously, look him up. The new movie is expected to hit theaters May 25th in 2018. That's your Nerd News for the week. This is Jason with Webby Up. Be sure to follow Jason and the guys from Webby Up on Twitter, Webby Up Gaming. Uh, check out their website, WebbyUp.com, and check out their Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash WebbyUp. I want to thank those guys every single week. They give me, uh, they give us some great news from the gaming world, movie world, uh, whatever world you, you, you are in. And by the way, guys, speaking of movies, we're getting so excited. It's getting so close to that day. Star Wars Day is almost here. I think as of recording... We're only nine days away, so it should be exciting. Everything's getting getting very, very exciting. All right, let's get to our guest uh, this evening. You guys know him. I've had him on before. Uh, he's very one of, my pop, one of my most popular guests. Everybody's always asking me, when am I having Paul back on? When am I having Paul back on? Of course, you know who I'm talking about. Paul Tassi from Forbes. You can follow him on Twitter. Paul Tassi, T-A-S-S-I is his last name. And uh, he writes plenty about Destiny. He writes about a lot of games, but he's told me that Destiny seems to consume his life. Uh, for the most part, because there's always something to write about Destiny. Paul, man, how are you doing this evening, dude? Good. Good to be back. And glad to have you back. Uh, you know, I've had you back so many times. You're almost a guest. You're, you're almost a co-host at this point. Almost. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> also, you know, I want to thank Paul. I haven't been able, haven't had him on since my 24-hour stream. Paul joined me on my 24-hour stream. We in the wee wee early wee wee hours of the morning. I think around three or four in the morning. You joined me on my 24-hour stream. So I really appreciated. Uh, you coming on, and uh, he came on. We played a, a few strikes. We talked Destiny. It was a lot of fun. So for the few people that were in there, we're still hanging out towards the uh, latter stages of the stream. You guys got a l- nice little surprise and got to uh, watch Paul play some Destiny with me. All right, Paul, man. Sparrow Racing is out. Your initial thoughts? Um, I kind of love it. <laughs> um, it's It's been growing on me for the past, I don't know, day and a half now. And I, I wrote a whole post today about things that could improve, but I think, I, I mean, I really like it, and I definitely think it's something they should expand on. Yeah, right now, I, I like it too. Right now, only two maps, so obviously it's lacking. Uh, obviously it's lacking right now, so it really nothing. That, like today I did it on my, on, my, on my stream, and I found myself doing it in one-hour bursts. I could only do it in like one-hour bursts. I couldn't, you know, I could play strikes all day. I could do PvP all day. I could even run raids all day. But I found myself right now only being able to do it for one-hour bursts. But obviously, it's because the lack of maps. Yeah, I mean, it's a lack of maps, but it's also a little bit just the kind of activity it is, too, where it's like, it's, it's not even like a strike where there's going to be a lot of different variables or like how you want to approach it, this and that. It's like, it's just pretty much get through the gates, like don't lose. <laughs> so even if there are more maps, it's the, the fundamental gameplay will still remain relatively the same. <laughs> you made some great points on your article that you wrote, and I tweeted it out there. Uh, you, the five things you would improve with, with Sparrow Racing. One that, I really, really, one that I really didn't notice until I kind of read your article was, yeah, they need to improve it a little better because the, the, the race for the first, what is it? Five and a, four and a half minutes, it doesn't matter. It's the last 30 seconds that matter. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I've been in, I, I did one thing where I was trying to do like 10 tricks in a race or something for a bounty, and like I was just goofing off, and I ended up winning despite being in sixth place for like 90% of the race just because I kind of, I did all the tricks, and then I kicked things into gear in the last, you know, <laughs> 600 yards of the, the track because like the gates are so wide, it's, it's super easy to catch up. 
And like everything comes down to this just giant kind of dog pile at the end where everyone's jockeying for position and you can easily go like from first to fifth or fifth to first, depending on what happens. It depends on the game and like that's not every game, but it happens a lot. So that's I mean, that's okay and like it's very it's a very exciting finish each and every time, but it can be a little much when it's happening pretty much every game and you know that nothing you do is really all that important until like the last third of the last lap. So it's like an NBA game, guys. You don't really matter until the last five minutes. <laughs> Nothing matters. This is also why I don't watch basketball. Yeah, just like an, <laughs> the same reason. Doesn't matter until the last five minutes of the game. Nothing matters. Yeah. So how do you think they can improve on that to make the whole race exciting? <sighs> That's a good question. Like, I understand why they have it kind of this way because, like, you never want to feel like you're so far behind. Like, you might as well just give up. But I think they need to just fool around with the catch-up factor just a little bit where. Or even they could just reduce so it's maybe two laps instead of three laps. Like that would be really quick if you're like farming three coins or rep or something. But it, right now, three laps is just excessive when you don't need that much time to really do anything. It's good for learning the course, but like again, with only two maps, you're going to be racing on these tracks like dozens and dozens of times if you're actively racing. So I, I don't know. It seems like you're just kind of killing time. Yeah, well, I don't know about you. I cannot get past fifth place. I mean, I'm just terrible. I'm terrible <laughs> on the Venus map. I'm terrible on the Venus map. The Mars map, I'm really good. I'm I'm averaging now a third, fourth place on that one. And then somebody killed good. my somebody killed my bus today. Like, oh yeah, Garnapos, that's the easy map. I'm like, thanks, thanks for that. <laughs> that is supposed to be the easy map. That is the e <laughs> so obviously the. E Would you like to see them implement sort of Mario Kart kind of stuff where where you could like grab a weapon, like you know, there's something floating in the air, you grab it and you can shoot it at people. I think that would be awesome. I mean, I think that would take a lot of development to like build that stuff and balance it and make sure it's you know not crazy imbalanced or anything. But I, I think it's kind of necessary to evolve the mode at some point in their future because like it's fun now, but I think it would be made better if there was a little more interactivity to it, other than just like gently nudging people left and right as you try to get through gates and like not screwing up jumps or turns. Like it. I think it should be a little more involved in that. I think some sort of weapon defense system, even if it was minimal, would, would help with that. You said you would also like to see arena improvements. Uh, tell us some of those. Yeah, I mean, I, I, like the, I like the maps as is and like they're fun to race and stuff, but it's kind of weird that there's so few actual arena hazards. Like you have the, the big fans on Mars and... But that's that's it. Like I can't even think of an arena hazard on Venus. Like stuff's always shooting at you, but that's not really an arena hazard. Like I've I've never actually been blown up by like AI enemies. I think it's just there for kind of like visual distraction to like kind of disorient you. But like there's no you know there's no things to dodge or avoid or like it's just whether or not you take like the right like shortcut jumps or like maybe once in a blue moon like fall off the edge or like hit a wall you're not supposed to. Like those aren't really kind of interactive arena hazards, you know what I mean? I don't know about you, but every time I get close to the Vex teleport, uh, I run into that one little v uh, Vex time gate that's not active. I run into the side of it, and I'm always running into those Vex hydras every single time. I cannot get you. Yeah, I cannot yeah get that section's tricky. It's like right there you have to use like your right boost and then left boost really quick to like get around that little like jag corner. Yeah. Um, that's, what I've, that's what I figured out. Those, those jagged corners. Yeah, I finally figured out. It took me about like 15 races. Oh, I can strafe. Oh, wow. I didn't even, I didn't, I didn't even pay attention to the instructions in the bottom of the screen that tells me I can strafe. Yeah, so um, would you like to see them like maybe add <laughs> – just a giant uh, nightfall type boss just there shooting at you, you know that. I think it would be okay to have 
have some sort of enemy that could kill you, like, in some way, if you didn't dodge his, like, area of effect move or something. Like, I don't think that's unreasonable. Like, I mean, depending on how it's implemented. Like, if you have a Mars map, you have Valis Tuarik just standing there shooting rockets at you? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, that'd be kind of awesome. (laughs) So, you know, now that we got this Sparrow Racing thing, we seem to like it, obviously. Uh, It's... It's obviously a testing phase. It's you know they're they're testing us. They want to see our reaction to it. Uh, Bungie wants to know what you guys think. So guys, go ahead and let them know what you think and be positive, guys. Don't you know? Don't bash Bungie and send crass messages to them and and rip them apart. You know, tell them, give them constructive criticism, good criticism on what you think. What you think of these things? Uh, obviously, I like it. I agree with a lot with Paul, what Paul has to say. Um, it is absolutely right. Last thirty, uh, I I didn't notice until I read his argument. Like, Man, he's right. The last 30 seconds are when things really, really get exciting. And, um, and, and uh, so i like to see that improve. But for the most part, I think they're going in the right direction. And maybe they have things up their sleeve that they haven't showed us yet. Um, so Sparrow Racing, we got this for three weeks. After that, we got some Iron Banner. After that, uh, we haven't really heard much. Uh, there's reports going out there, Paul. They're saying that there's really nothing coming down the, the, the pike for Destiny players as of DLC content. That what we're gonna get for the rest of this, for the rest of until 2016, Destiny 2 comes out, is events such as the, such as like this. What do you think of that? Yeah, that's kind of crazy. I mean, the more I think about it, the more I understand it. But I, I honestly thought like a like a week or so ago that this what was gonna be announced at the PlayStation Experience was gonna be like the new DLC that was gonna come out in January, February, because I like invite they invited me out to like. I didn't go, but they invited me out to play, like, quote, new content. I'm like, oh, okay, they're going to announce the next DLC pack. And, like, it was Sparrow Racing, which is cool. But, yeah, I've heard all these reports also where it's they're saying that in order pretty much to be able to focus on Destiny 2 as, like, a full standalone new game, that the current level of, like, production for DLC is, like, unsustainable. Like, if they have to put out, like, Dark Below, House of Wolves, like, in the next eight months before they're doing Destiny 2, like... Destiny 2 won't, like, <laughs> be anything to, to be sought after, I guess. So, especially if it's supposed to be, like, a full sequel. But the problem with that is, obviously, I think you're going to have to suffer a pretty big loss of the player base in that time. Because, like, you know, everyone liked Festival of the Lost. People like Sparrow Racing. Like, it's fun. But that's not the kind of stuff that's going to keep you playing at the level you were, you've been playing at this whole time. And, like, they're if they're not introducing, like... A bunch of new content like new strikes new raids like new story missions like people like i mean you can only do much so much sparrow racing like people are going to be like sparrow race to death like by the time this three weeks are over no matter how much they might like it now and so you, I, if i'm trying to think of like what the other kind of events they might be coming up with are but you know just from these last two like they might be fun but i don't think they're going to be substantive enough to really keep people around the way DLC would, you know, create these big spikes of, like, people returning to the game. Uh, I haven't had you on in a while. What do you think of raid challenge modes? Yeah, I haven't done those yet. Um, From what I see, they're they're fine. I mean, they don't seem like anything super elaborate, like, from the, the two that are out right now, like... The first one, people did it and like like by accident, <laughs> like at first. And I think that I heard the second one was a little harder, but I think that's you know that'll get people in there for you know a couple of rounds. But like w- once you do that, I mean that's not something you're gonna really, you know, you're not grinding on raid challenge mode for the most part. <laughs> so it's like it's a neat little thing. But what I think they might do is maybe like maybe they're gonna start implementing stuff like that for older raids. Like you'll have 
you know, a hyper harder version of like encounters and crota and um, volta glass and stuff like that. So that's something I could see them doing because it, it would require just using existing content, but just putting in some sort of challenge modifier, increasing light level, like all that stuff. So that that's the kind of stuff I think we're going to see um, because it's it would satisfy kind of like the harder core player base to do challenges like that. And also it wouldn't be that much work on Bungie's end. So you're saying Destiny is dead? Destiny's going to go into hibernation for a while, but like, I, I I understand what they're saying when like you can't really have like two like big DLC packs a year and like a huge DLC pack or a sequel. Like, they're just there's not that much you know manpower to even. I don't even think it's like a, necessarily a budget issue. I just don't think they can physically produce that level of content because like even in games that routinely produce new content, like I don't think anyone outputs that level of content that quickly you know what i mean mm-hmm. so yeah i mean the, the game is going to quote die down like i don't know if it's going to die period and, and like everyone will be back for destiny not everyone but like a lot of people are going to be back for destiny 2 and like that's going to be that's going to sell way better than destiny 1 did at least initially and probably get better reviews and like all that stuff because they've learned so much and they'll have all this time to develop it um and if, if that game is good enough like and delivers i don't think it'll really matter that we didn't get like huge dlc packs throughout the year but with that said it is sad because everyone you know everyone who's like an avid player always looks forward to the next thing and you know what's what's going to happen and i don't think events are really going to scratch that itch um i think they'll be fun for a little while like depending on on the event like you know sparrow racing's fun but it's not something that's going to be kind of a viable long-term thing to keep people engaged like people will come back for you know, a couple hours, like, try something out, this and that. But, you know, like, collecting Halloween candy and, and you know, <laughs> sparrow racing and, and collecting armor and stuff is not the same level as House of Wolves. You know what I mean? But it, for Bungie's part, it's really good for them because they're tying all of this stuff into microtransactions. So someone who buys, you know, four sparrow racing kits, like me... Yeah. Uh, <laughs> is able you know they just shelled out the same amount of money they would have shelled out for house of wolves so not that that's like a problem or not that i regret doing that but it is going to be a pretty solid way to have bungie bring in revenue while dramatically minimizing the effort they need to put in you know to to sustain that kind of revenue like not that this you know stuff doesn't require work but it obviously requires a lot less work than a full dlc expansion at the same time, you wouldn't be surprised if they release a strike pack with, with three three new strikes. Yeah, I could see that. That would be like something in the middle where they might just drop like, oh, you know, we're here's three new story missions this week, or like, here's a new strike, like you know, you know, test it out, like just to kind of tie people over and at least people get get people to sign back in and test something out and you know reengage with the game to some extent. I think they're going to do a whole lot of different small things that we haven't really seen before. Um, like there was, you know, Festival of the Lost was like nothing anyone ever really expected. And like, no one could have really predicted that kind of event. And, you know, that was like charming and fun. And now Sparrow Racing is like a totally different thing. And like, so who knows, you know, what the next thing is they're working on. Like I, I'm finding it hard to even predict, but yeah. And, and I feel the only people that are really complaining about lack of content is guys like you and me, Paul, we're the one percenters, man. We're the ones that <laughs> we're the ones that play the game so much every single day, you know, day in and day out. So we blow through the things uh, very quickly. I don't think the game is dead by any stretch of imagination because I think uh, a lot of new people are still picking up the game. And listen, I just got I just got the game on PlayStation Four, 
And I'm like, wow, I got so much to do. I'm overwhelmed. <laughs> I got one character right now. I, I don't know if to make a second one because I don't know if I want to do all that stuff again. But you know what? I love the game so much. I probably will make a second character and a third character and go through through all that stuff again. So 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 yeah. Uh, I mean, we'll think about all the people that are like about to get the game for Christmas and like they never played it before and like they'll have you know hours and hours of stuff to do. And like yes, like the people that have played five, six hundred, like a thousand hours of game are going to be running low on stuff to do. I mean, like, come on. (laughs) Yeah, the rest of us will be moving on to the division, playing the division until Destiny 2 comes out. Yeah, yeah, it's supposed to be like Call of Duty meets Destiny or something. We'll see how that goes. That sounds super awesome. By the way, Paul, next time uh, Bungie invites you to a thing and you can't go, just go ahead and call me, man, and I will... uh, I will take that invitation for you, and I'll be like, yeah, I'm here representing uh, Paul Tassie from Forbes. And, My uh, personal representative. Yeah, personal representative. Uh, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. David here <laughs> representing Paul Tassie from Forbes. He's too busy writing his novels uh, that are, <laughs> that are going to be the next Harry Potter slash, um, slash Hunger Games. So, mm-hmm. so, you know, you just got to let me know, man. How, uh, how are the books coming along, man? How are they doing? Uh, they're good. So we're, we're at my accelerated six-month release schedule for the trilogy. So the first two are out now, and now the third one's coming out in January. So nice, almost done. <laughs> and they're all written, though, right? Like, they're done, like you, you got... Yeah, they've been written for a while. And then I'm working on a fourth one, which I'm getting near the end of that. But. Nice. And how, how's the reaction going? Uh, good. From what I've heard, people like them. So that's all I can really hope for. <laughs> nice. Well, where can people pick up those books if they're, if they're interested in them? Um, just either on Amazon, just search for The Last Exodus, that's the first one, or they're at, it's halfway decent amount of Barnes and Nobles if you want like a physical copy. Um, you just gotta like search or ask your local store if they had it. My wife had a hilarious joke about Barnes and Noble last night. She's like, wow, Barnes and Noble's spending a lot of money on commercials for their three stores. (laughs) (laughs) I at this point, they're a coffee shop. (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, you go in there now, there's like coffee shop there's like a whole like toy d- department it's it's interesting <laughs> it's unbelievable man yeah people don't worry well barnes and noble is just so books what all right <laughs> well there's paul tassie uh guys uh, what are you what are you working on now paul you told me before uh you told me before uh we started that you're, you're working on an article about this uh this new story that there won't be no dlc yeah i'm going to talk about kind of what that means um for indefinite future and whether it's good or bad i mean a lot of the stuff we talked about here today um i might do something included in that or a separate post about kind of how these events are handling microtransactions and like if it's good that they're all kind of so tied into microtransactions the way they are and if that's or if that's like limiting them in some way so there's, there's some things to discuss you were the one that pretty much predicted microtransactions before the game even came out how are you how do you think bungie's handling the, the microtransactions yeah so this is the thing so this is one of my points in the sparrow thing because like i've always been a pretty pr- big proponent of like microtransactions being able to work but the problem now is, is the way they're introducing them. So, like, okay, you have Sparrow Racing, for example, and you have microtransaction packs that give you, like, cosmetic sparrows that perform the same way as all the other sparrows. But the problem is, is, like, if you wanted to produce any more depth, like, within Sparrow Racing, like, where you could, like, tune your sparrows and upgrade them and, like, get new parts and, like, all this stuff, like, that can't exist because these microtransaction sparrows exist. So, like it's kind of limiting that you had to make everything cosmetic when it didn't necessarily have to be cosmetic. You know what I mean? And I also take issue with this idea of these like kind of random packs where like, just like, I just want to be shown a list of all the sparrows that you can buy for silver. And I want to pick which ones I want to buy. and I want to buy them. I don't want to buy like a sparrow pack that has like one randomly generated sparrow 
and I have to buy like six of them to get the sparrow I want. Like I, that, that kind of system works in some games, but for here, when it's just one item that you're trying to buy, like it's it's pretty irritating. So I, I think they're kind of missing missing the opportunity here, where they need to lay the store out a lot better and not force people into like randomized rewards. Because I think a lot of people would probably you know spend even more money if they could just pick yeah. what things they wanted to buy. Because otherwise, you know, you're risking getting you know four other sparrows before you finally get the one you want, and you've you spent five times as much for it. So. I, I don't agree with their recent decision to do that. Yeah, you took the words right out of our mouth. Yeah, people will be happy to spend, you know, you know, five or ten dollars more on a sparrow that they want rather than, you know, keeping and spending that money for a sparrow. Like, you know, they spend man, I spent a hundred dollars, I have the same freaking sparrow ten times, you know? Like what the hell? Yeah, I mean I don't I don't understand why they're doing it this way because like they they didn't do this with emotes. So now there's like an emote thing you can buy where it gets you like well, like one or two random emotes or something, but they still have like a list of other emotes that you can specifically purchase. Yeah. And like they have all the emotes that you can specifically purchase when it comes out. If it was like Festival of the Lost, and it's like, oh, you're going to get one of three random Halloween emotes. Like, I, that wouldn't have been good either. So, I don't know. I just don't why I don't get why they're going to like list emotes, but they're not listing sparrows, and they may not list whatever they sell next. It's just going to be kind of randomized, which I do not think is a good way to go. All right, there's Paul Tassi. You guys know I love to have him on whenever the big Destiny news uh, comes on, and uh, you guys can follow Paul. Follow Paul on Twitter, Paul Tassi, T-A-S-S-I. You can find him on Forbes. But, of course, I mean, the best place to find you, Paul, is uh, is Twitter, right? Uh, yep, pretty much. Yeah, pretty much. Just find him on Twitter. I retweet a lot of his a lot of his articles, and uh, you guys be sure to uh, to catch him. Paul, thanks a lot, man. Next time there's uh, more breaking news. It's Yeah, it seems like every time I have you on, something happens. I think the last time I had you on, Sleeper Simulant came out, oh, yeah. and we had a whole <laughs> episode about Sleeper Simulant. So that's been fun. Have you had a chance to play with a gun? What do you think of it? Oh, sleeper simulant? Yeah, it's yeah, it's great. I think people kind of underestimated it at first, but I really love it for the super high precision damage. Yeah, I finally got it up to three eighteen on my Xbox characters, and oh my god, oh, nice. I'm mowing people down. I'm mowing these <laughs> enemies down. It is it is just amazing. Uh, so yeah, man. So there he goes. There's Paul Tassie. Uh, you can find him on Forbes. Uh, you can find him on uh, you can find him on Twitter. Uh, Paul at Paul Tassie and uh, Paul, man. Thanks for thanks for coming on again, man. Yeah, thanks for having me. All right, that was Paul Tassie that joined me here on the podcast. Yeah, guys, a short and sweet podcast this week. Uh, you know, there really isn't much to talk about Destiny right now. Unless unless something really comes out, there really isn't nothing to, really nothing to talk about. I mean, we just had the weapon patch that just came out. We got uh, we got Sparrow Racing going on right now. And uh, like I said, we I think Paul and I pretty much exhausted everything we can say on Sparrow Racing. I mean, it's only two maps right now. And uh, and he he said it all, and I agree with a lot a lot of what he said. And um, I'm enjoying Sparrow Racing, but once again, I'm I'm finding myself kind of you know right now it's a little lacking. Obviously, I find myself playing it in one hour bursts, and then I go I go right back to playing PVE. I go right back to playing PVP and doing that kind of stuff. So it's going to be interesting to see these next three weeks uh, what what people think of Sparrow Racing. See how much Sparrow Racing people consume. Uh, you know, I, I feel I feel like I don't think I'm gonna go hardcore all three weeks in Sparrow Racing. I feel like it's gonna be something like, all right, I got nothing to do. Let's go Sparrow Race for a little while. Uh, I think that's probably what's gonna happen to me, especially on my streams. And you can follow me on my streams, Twitch.tv/GuardianOutpost. It's so good to have to see some of you that have been listening to the podcast uh, finally joining me on my streams. Thank you guys very much uh, for coming on in there. If uh, you've come into my streams, uh, especially those that uh, 
that listen to me here on the podcast. Really appreciate you for coming in there. And if you come into my streams, which I stream every Monday, every Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. Eastern time, beginning at 6 a.m. Eastern time, please let me know that you uh, you came in from the podcast. Uh, I really enjoy uh, seeing people that say, hey, man, I, I caught you on the podcast, and I just want to say what's up. I've had a few people come on in, and I really appreciate those that have come on in. All right. So, again, short and sweet podcast this week, guys. Uh, you know, you know. hopefully soon we'll be getting more stuff, uh, uh, you know, seeing more stuff on the weapon patch. Weapon patch is just a little over 24 hours old uh, right now as of recording of this podcast, maybe a little longer than that. And uh, so it's going to take a while to see what kind of stands out. Uh, they had to redo uh, the patch again for the uh, auto rifles because we got reports that the auto rifles weren't doing exactly what the auto rifles were supposed to do. So we're, we're, we're getting on that. And uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens next week. I'm going to try to have on a guest that so we can talk some PvP and see uh, what's going on with that when it comes to the Crucible and Weapon Patch. All right. It's time for uh, the shout-out per- portion, portion, shout-out portion of the podcast. One of my favorite parts of the podcast is the shout-outs. Uh, first shout-out I want to give is to Angry underscore Iceberg. I was visiting his stream before this um before this podcast, I was actually visiting his stream. He runs a really cool stream, man. Uh, he wears a green shirt, so he's got like a floating head action going. He said he started it in uh, in Halloween, and he's been going on. He's continuing to do it. It's a lot of fun. You can check him out. Angry underscore iceberg, twitch.tv slash angry underscore iceberg. Cool dude. Visits me all the time on my stream, and I went to go visit him on his stream, and it is a lot of fun. And he has a silky smooth voice. Uh, just like mine. Well, apparently just like mine. You guys say that I have a silky smooth voice. I don't know. I don't hear it. But, you know, if you guys say it, I will believe it. So there you go. Go visit Angry Iceberg. Angry underscore Iceberg. Twitch.tv slash Angry Iceberg. This next guy that I want to give a shout out to is SkittyCam. Twitch.tv slash SkittyCam. Gave me a raid the other day. Super nice guy. Uh, plays a lot of Destiny, of course. Of course, everybody that I mentioned here plays a lot of Destiny. You know I love Destiny. I love the Destiny streamers, but... But uh, but uh, you know I'm always I'm always down to watch other streamers. But you know this is a Destiny podcast, so we're gonna keep it to Destiny. Skitty Cam, S K I T T Y Cam, Skitty Cam. That's Kitty with an S in front of it. A funny story. He gave me a raid on my stream, and he brought a bunch of his friends, which have stuck around. I love his friends, and I love his viewers. They've been a bunch of great people that have been coming around my stream. I thought he was a girl. <laughs> I thought he was a girl because of his name. So I get Skitty Cam. Thank you. Oh my God. Thank you so much. My love, my lives, and that. I'm talking to him like he was a girl. And he's like, uh, Guardian, uh, by the way, uh, I'm a dude. Oh, I have no idea how many times that's happened to me where I confuse someone for something that they're not. I've done it a bunch of times to women. That was the first time that I'd ever done it to a man. So it was pretty hilarious. Uh, super nice dude. I have visited his stream a bunch of times after that as well. So uh, go give him a follow, twitch.tv slash skittycam, twitch.tv slash skittycam. Of course, you can tell everybody that Guardian Outpost sent you. This next shout-out goes to a uh, dude that followed me on Twitter uh, a couple weeks ago. And what I like to do when people follow me on Twitter, I like to see if they're streamers. In fact, I look at everybody's timeline. I look at everybody's uh, profiles, everybody that follows me on Twitter. I like to check them out, see what they're all about. And especially if they're Twitch streamers, I like to uh, click on their their Twitch handle. I like to give everybody a nice proper welcome whenever they follow me on Guardian Outpost on Twitter. And uh, for the most part, what I like to do is uh, click on their Twitch handles and see if they're live. If they're not live, I like to catch their past broadcast. And this guy started following me a couple weeks ago, and I really enjoyed his streams. His name is Zach Elite. Elite spelled E L 
E I T Zach Elite E L E I T Zach Elite Twitch.tv slash Zach Elite E L E I T. That's how you spell his name. So if you want to give him a follow, go ahead. He is getting so close to 100 followers. Uh, nice dude. Plays a lot of Destiny, of course. So go check him out. Of course, everybody that I send you to, you go make sure that you tell them that Guardian Outpost sent you and that I'm always all about supporting smaller streams. So thank you guys very much for joining me. Of course, catch me all every morning on my Twitch streams, twitch.tv slash Guardian Outpost. I stream every morning, Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. Eastern Time, and on the weekends on Sundays, starting at 8 a.m., and uh, so, guys, thank you very much. Thank you for listening. Thank you for following. Thank you for all the support that you guys are giving me. Uh, still catching up on my PlayStation. Uh, doing a lot of stuff on my PlayStation. Man, I'm so overwhelmed right now by the PlayStation character. But, man, it gives me so much to do. And I'm so happy. So, once again, thank you to all my viewers that hooked that up for getting me the PlayStation. The PlayStation schedule, of course, is Friday, Sunday, Mondays, uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. I play on Xbox One. And, of course, everybody, feel free to add me on, the, uh, on Xbox and on PlayStation One. It's Guardian Outpost. Always happy to play with you guys, whether it be raid, whether it be PvP, whether it be anything uh, PvE related. I love to do this stuff. And, you know, I'm going to need help as I keep uh, ranking up all these new characters that I'm getting on, on Destiny on my PlayStation. So thank you very much, guys, for listening. I will catch you on next week. We're going to see if we get a guest on to talk some PvP, see what's going on with the weapon patch. Love you guys. See you guys in the wild.